Before we start today's show, I just want to thank all the Dirtballs who are patrons on Patreon. You guys have not been forgotten. Every dollar, penny that you have donated goes 100% towards the show, towards videos, towards editing, towards any dirty sports costs. So I want to thank all the Dirtballs for that. And if you want to become a patron, I know we had a new patron join yesterday. It's patreon.com forward slash dirty sports that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash dirty sports and that is always in the description of the podcast i also want to make a quick announcement we are looking for some new video editors our guy nick delessandro is amazing but he's been very very busy with school he's trying to graduate so if anybody has any video editing skills Joe and I could use some video editors. We can't pay you the most, I'll be straight up, but we can throw you a few bucks if you have any desire on doing that. We could always use a video editor, right, Joe? And it comes with a lot of perks. Nick D'Alessandro, you saw him on the ground there in Amarillo. There's all kinds of different perks that come with being the video editor here of the Dirty Sports Podcast. Exactly. So let me know if you need that. And I also want to give a quick thank you to Jay Lloyd, who has been killing the Photoshop game for us especially during nfl season we've really grown our instagram account so follow us at the dirty sports on instagram if you haven't already thanks to jay lloyd you're doing an amazing job helping add thousands of new followers on instagram okay dirtballs that's the in-house announcements time to start the show Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Joey. No chill, Prano. Hello, Andy. What's going on, man? Good to be back. Good to have you back, Joe. Good to Joe. be back in sunny Southern California. Hot. It's hot. 80s. I brought the heat with me. You did. Here to do dirty sports. The heat is being brought in. Are you causing these wildfires, man? Are there wildfires happening? Again. Look, I've been I've been in New York, man. Yeah. I don't know if you know, but New York, very self-contained. Not a lot of people in New York thinking about much outside of New York. You're just trying to survive while you're there. Aaron got evacuated? Aaron got evacuated? You got evacuated from the Palisades? Yeah, it was it was the Palisades fire. That's where it started. Right. Yeah. Look. Yeah. It was like uh so at my house. Are you back in? Yeah, we were fine. Uh oh. we actually really didn't even like leave. We were we were in the mandatory evacuation, like you guys gotta leave. But so where'd the you fire go? was moving like the other direction. Just like, dude, down the street like Starbucks. <laughs> That's the most LA shit Down ever. The street to start. Because I had I had shit to do. I had if stuff the to flames turn, reach us, cover me in cold brew. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I had shit to do. I had like assignments that were due that day by a certain Honestly, like, time. And usually I was like, when I have whatever. Usually when I have Starbucks, I have shit to do soon after. 
It's two Aaron, it's two Aaron's in my name. Dad you mis- jokes. You misspelled it wrong. <laughs> Sir, there is a fire right outside <laughs> yeah. this establishment. We don't care how we misspelled yeah. your name. But it was pretty crazy because uh, it was like a little further up the hill past my house, but same neighborhood was where the fire started. But luckily, uh, it wasn't windy, and it was moving up the canyon. So that's why I wasn't too particularly concerned. I was like, all right, this is going the opposite direction. Yeah, we're close, but it should be okay. And now, luckily, you, how it was did okay. the fire start? Um, they don't know. It was just like started like where there's a bunch of like brush and super dry. Well, you know what starts uh, it. Know. I've learned all this in the last few years, being that we have all these I'll damn start. wildfires. Basically, when it's like it is now, where it's just hot and dry and windy, and that sparks goes, and then it just fucking. I mean, that's not what starts it though. That's how it spreads when it's hot and dry and windy, because then embers blow. Yeah, the that's wind that's how it other spreads. Dry places. That's, that's not how it starts, bro. But I'm saying it starts with that sort of those temperatures, <laughs> with those elements all in conjunction. Yeah. That I mean, that makes I get that. Yeah, I just don't know exactly how it starts. Dry yeah, for it to start and for it to be a fire in the first place. Yeah. yeah. The one thing that was scary, though, that they said is because it is such a steep incline Andy that apparently uh, I've been studying this. <laughs> apparently fires. <laughs> these these fires double the rate with on an incline like that. So wind that was kind of crazy. So, yeah, that was my week. Well, we're glad you're, you safely made it here. Aaron. And uh, yeah, they finally removed the boat, by the way, Marina Del Rey and, and other local news. It's a fucking local report. I'm like, I'm back. You're like, updates from the fucking Southern California. We got wildfires. The boat has been removed. The homeless situation is pretty out of control still. But there's lots going on in uh, Savage Town, which I'll save for this week's Dent Report. But in other news, I have a new nickname for both you and I. Okay. You have a mustache. I have a mustache. We are officially the Stash Brothers. Stash Brothers, I like it. Forget the Bash Brothers, Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire. You've been upgraded. Forget stash the Stash Brothers. Bro- forget the Splash Brothers and the Bash Brothers. It's the Stash Brothers. Yeah, I skipped over the Splash Brothers. Yeah, because Clay's hurt. Right. R.I.P. His knee. NBA's here though. I'm excited about the NBA. I am too. I I think I said on the phone last episode. This is the first time that I feel like the unofficial official. Start of the regular season has been rolled backwards. I was gonna say usually the the unofficial start is Christmas Day. Yeah, it's really where everybody gets kicked off. But I mean, I was watching Nick Spurs last night. I was checking in on the Blazers game. I was checking in on Perzingis and Luca and Dallas. I'm I'm fired up. Yeah, rest me in too. Pe- rest in peace, twerks home. I'm fired up about the NBA. Yeah, I agree, man. I was watching a bunch. While the uh, World Series was going on, it's going to be a fun season, and uh, man, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle everything. Obviously, w- with China, did you see the clip that I put on uh, Dirty Sports Twitter? I did. A young Alex Bresler yeah. in the stands of the Clippers game. Like he, he like baited him with yeah. the kiss cam. Yeah, he had his Clippers T-shirt and then he dropped it. Yeah, pretty smooth move. Yeah. And I want to give some love to Shaq. That kid's going to be a date rapist, huh? Yeah. He's like, come on, I'm a nice guy, I'm a nice guy. Just kidding. I I like how NBA and TNT discussed it, like a full discussion. They did did an eight-minute discussion about the whole China thing, which I thought was good. And uh, Shaq looked great. Charles Barkley, man. It sucks when you like somebody a lot and you just see a take like that and you're like, man, not a good look. Yeah. Shaq, obviously... 
a guy who's unafraid to just piss people off. Jack's been pretty outspoken. But so is Charles Barkley. Yeah, but you know what? Charles isn't old Charles anymore. Like, Charles is— You think? I think so. I think Charles has—and uh, I love Charles. I voted for Charles for vice president a few times. Uh, Charles Barkley has evolved, I, I feel like, in the last few years. And we have, we have a terrible Michael Jordan story coming up. But I feel like Charles is that era of guys that has evolved into a bad, hot take— basketball head a bad old head a bad like he's doing capital one commercials with fucking spike lee and samuel jackson i think the last couple years with the college basketball stuff and charles is off his game i i think charles has definitely dropped the ball in the last couple years i i liked charles charles was literally one of my favorite people for a long long time and i just feel like he's he's in a he's gotten cold he's gotten cold the milk's gone bad. Yeah. I mean, it seems like Charles is definitely in that 90s basketball guy who's like, hey, let's go to Charles for another terrible take. Well, let's do that right now. On a now. game-by-game basis, Charles, I still think, has a good you know, eye yeah. for the game, and, and his eye test is pretty strong, but he is, he is you know, in the 90s Jordan old head terrible take class well let's let's get to that we we have a a new terrible take by michael jordan it's a quick clip it's only 14 seconds i, mean, I don't need it. i know exactly what he says so jordan I mean, I'm saying i don't need the headphones for those of you listening on radio oh the headphone debate here we are i'm wearing headphones joe is not we're, we're gonna have uh this is gonna be an ongoing debate it's, it's i see a debate you you're, you're wearing them. I'm not. You don't like to wear the headphones. There's no debate here. What's the debate? Don't you, you feel more professional when you put the headphones on? No, I feel more professional without headphones on. Really? Yeah. Because we're now for the people. I know that there's a certain subsection of our crowd that is YouTube only. watchers. Yeah. Only. So I'm I'm playing to the TV, and now why Twerks isn't listening to the show on headphones? I don't fucking know. He has headphones in, which are probably connecting him to YouTube. I assume. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the same show either way. But it's fine. I, I I got the control panel right here. But I want to play the clip. This is the quick clip of, I believe, was it the Today Show, Good Morning America, whatever it was. Yeah. Jordan was interviewed, and he says that he does not think Steph Curry is currently a Hall of Famer. And this is the quick clip of this. Represent greatness every single night. So Steph Curry shouldn't be offended when he watches. I hope not. He's still a great player. Not a Hall of Famer yet, though. <laughs> not a Hall of Famer yet, Michael Jordan says. I don't think Michael Jordan's a Hall of Famer yet. Can we move on to the next story? I don't think Michael Jordan's a Hall of Famer yet. Why is he saying this? I, I let's just let's just keep, let's just move on like it's like it's a real thing. Michael Jordan is not a Hall of Fame basketball player. Let's put that 14 second clip out on on social media and that let's just leave it at that. What a stupid take! You know why it's a stupid take? Because Michael Jordan has already Michael Jordan is already on the record about this. In 1993, Michael Jordan retired from the NBA with three NBA MVPs and three championships and said, I have nothing left to prove. The man who is judging Steph Curry's Hall of Fame ability when he had the same amount of championships, two less finals appearances, 
and one more MVP than Steph Curry has right now, once said, I have nothing left to prove in the game of basketball. So by Michael Jordan's standard, by Michael Jordan's own personal standard, Steph Curry isn't just a Hall of Famer. Steph Curry is an absolute, no doubt, Hall of Famer who has nothing left to prove in the game of basketball. It sucks when your own words come back and put on a Fruit of the Loom, Warner Brothers, Nike, Gatorade strap on and fuck you in the mouth, Michael Jordan. Steph Curry has nothing left to prove. The end. Your words. Your call. Your take. Now, you've become 50-year-old, shithead, embarrassment owner, terrible GM, terrible fucking clown shoes talent evaluator, jeans too big, earring too big. You look like you're a you're a background extra in a boys to men video about a guy getting cucked. Now you need to make fucking headlines. You're Michael Jordan. You're worth 1.9 billion dollars. Why do you need to be hot take old head? Get off television and start watching some college game film and stop drafting the literal worst players. The literal worst. Your team that you are in charge of has never won a single fucking playoff series. You're an embarrassment. Your talent evaluating skills are a joke. You are the Michael Jordan of bad talent evaluators. Stop talking about other players. You're an embarrassment. Also, when you weren't an embarrassment, before you got CTE or whatever from the Pistons, bad boy Pistons knocking you down, or whatever the fuck is happening, your words, Steph Curry has nothing left to prove. Three championships, two MVPs, five finals appearances. That's two more than you had. That's the same number of championships. That's one less MVP. In a way harder error. Michael Jordan on Steph Curry. Retire now. You are an absolute sure thing Hall of Famer. You have nothing left to prove. I've just corrected his headline. What a shithead. Well, I think we've covered that. I have nothing else to add. (laughs) Good to have Joe back for the hot takes. That's not a hot take. That's Michael Jordan's take. No, I agree. It's just, it's... It's ridiculous, it's fake, it's Skip Bayless-esque. I don't know why he would say such a thing. Steph Curry is all-time right now. He's third in three-pointers. All-time. It's so... Like, already. I'm not even a Steph Curry slurper. Yeah. I'm not even a Steph, Steph Curry super fan. I think Steph Curry does have something left to prove. I think this is a year where Steph Curry... will need to prove something for the Warriors to have any success whatsoever. But that wasn't my take in 1993, that a guy with multiple MVPs and three championships has nothing left to prove in the game of basketball. That was Michael Jordan's take. So maybe stop slinging hot takes all over the place that are in complete contrast to one another and have just a very obvious, basic calculated look at Steph Curry has changed the game of basketball 
from a three-point standpoint. He's third all-time. He's ahead in three-pointers. He's he's above guys who are in the Hall of Fame solely for hitting three-pointers. He's He will pass the two guys ahead of him in fucking half the time. He's got two MVPs. He went 73-9, and nine, better than 72-10. and 10, You shithead. Nice earring, you douche. He has championships. He has five finals appearances. It's He's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer if he gets hit by a bus right now and he would get in, no fucking doubt about it. He would 100% get in. There is no doubt if Steph Curry announces he's retiring today, he's in the Hall of Fame. So what are we talking about? We're talking about what some shithead who still wears acid wash jeans with holes in them, even though he's worth $1.9 billion things. Here's what I think. That dude's a shithead. But I guess the question is, is this troll or troll. moron? He's just trolling. Yes. Okay. He's trolling. And that's the worst part about it. But why? I, I because don't, I don't, no one's talking about Michael Jordan. And God forbid people don't talk about Michael Jordan for two fucking days. It's a terrible take. There's no way it's real. Moving on. I'll tell you who's not talking about Michael Jordan right now. Jamal Johnson or whatever the fucking name of the mythical creature that he made up as the guy who made the high school team before him. Never forget Michael Jordan created an invisible person. That was his inspiration for being the superstar that he was in the NBA. Michael Jordan is literally one of my least favorite people. One of your least favorite people? Yeah, literally. How... Much success do you have to have? How insecure about the success that you did have? He's the Donald Trump of basketball. Donald Trump is a billionaire and the president of the United States. All he does is go, fuck this person, fuck this person, Pocahontas, blah, 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 blah. He's always looking. He's like he has the most important job in the world. And all he does is concern himself with little people say. Michael Jordan is... By some dumb people's standards, the greatest basketball player of all time. But no doubt about it, he was the greatest basketball player of all time. He has a huge brand. He's in charge of a team. He has $1.9 billion. And all he's ever concerned with is what people are talking about in his legacy and other players and whatever. Why are you weighing in on Steph Curry? Because you're insecure. Because Steph Curry made more threes in a season than you made in your entire career. Because the bottom line is, you were a shit outside shooter. The end. Shit outside shooter. Couldn't shoot from three. Embarrassing numbers. You know what I love is Prano says, we're just going to talk about this for a minute. And then proceeds to do... I can't. Sometimes I can't. A eight-minute rant against Michael Jordan. For the show, he goes, I only have one thing to say yeah, about my- Steph and Michael Jordan. And, and this is it. Michael Jordan, not a Hall of Famer. I want to move on real quick. Zion Williamson is now out six to eight weeks. We've seen injuries before. Any concern? I'm not concerned. I think it's a safe, safer than sorry situation. We've already talked about it. The unofficial official start of the NBA season is Christmas. He'll be back two weeks before Christmas. Like Technically, he's not even missing real opening day of his rookie season. I think they're just playing it safe, and that's a smart move. We've seen it. We talked about it last episode. We've seen it with Embiid. We've seen it with Simmons. We've seen it with Blake. I mean, people talked about Blake 
Blake came back and after that first year out and, you know, fucking dunked on Timothy Mozgov, jumped over, dude. Like, I think I, I'm not worried. Yeah. Are you worried? I just, you never know with injuries. I mean, obviously, I'm not ready to do that. Sorry, I don't have my earphones on, but I am getting Michael Jordan saying, Zion Williamson, bust. <laughs> Michael Jordan has now weighed in. Zion Williamson is a bust. Okay. Man, that was bust. quick. Not a Kwame Brown, Adam Morrison bust, but a bust nonetheless. Those are players Michael Jordan drafted because he's a terrible talent evaluator. This message brought to you by LeBron Truthers and the anti-Michael Jordan campaign. But you know what that Jordan clip is going to be great for someone like you and I when we're having arguments against others evaluating their peers. Yeah. So that's what's always interesting when you get in these discussions and you want to keep it purely factually based, statistically based, and somebody wants to say, whoa, well, Tracy McGrady said that Kobe Bryant was the toughest person to play against. Okay, that's fine. Trace, yeah. Tracy can say that. Statistically speaking, he wasn't the best player. that he, you, know, you know what I'm saying? I, I think that's what's good about this clip is that every time somebody wants to have an argument and bring someone else's opinion. Because, again, I'm trying to move away from opinion-based things. And, and, well, we and, get, and also, this is just like, you know, this is... Like the the Sam Tripleys and the Brady Matthews who reach out to me in the last couple of weeks and they're like, how about your boy LeBron on China? I'm like, LeBron is an idiot. LeBron embarrassed himself. LeBron's a hypocrite. LeBron's still a, you know, more more effective scorer, more versatile defender, better outside shooter, better rebounder, better passer than Michael Jordan. So he's still the goat in my book, regardless of what his thoughts are on the People's Republic of China. Yeah, that doesn't change. I agree. But you know, this is my thing is always. Stop bringing up – there are guys who, who rode off into the sunset and they played basketball and then they're done with basketball, and I respect those people. But when you talk about all the people that remain involved in their sports after and those people then talent evaluate, like I care more about Steve Kerr's opinion – of players than I do about Michael Jordan's. Why? Because Steve Kerr took over a team, broke the wins record, won multiple championships. Michael Jordan took over two teams. Both of them are dumpster fires. He His track record is garbage. Michael Jordan, good at basketball, doesn't know shit about it. Yeah. The proof is in the pudding. Well, He's the owner. Well, I just think it's difficult. James Dolan also doesn't know shit about basketball. You know how I know? His team also fucking sucks every year. Yeah. Well, if, if all these former players... Magic Johnson, embarrassing coach, embarrassing executive, embarrassing tweets. Michael jo or Magic Johnson, great passer, knows dog shit about basketball. He knows when guys are open. I wouldn't agree with that assessment about doesn't know about basketball. There's a difference between knowing about basketball and knowing talent evaluation. I think there's a difference okay. there. So, uh, I think that's the problem. And I'm saying in the current day, uh, the, the same thing goes for Phil Jackson. The, everything evolves. Yeah. If you're going to be an old head, stuck in your old head days, and Michael Jordan's trying to find guys who want to back dudes down to the elbow and take fall away jumper twos, congratulations. That'll work in fucking 1994. Today... Doesn't you should work. be looking for guys like Steph Curry who are no doubt Hall of Famers. 
Yeah. You should not be looking for guys who are you because your style of basketball is fucking antiquated. Yeah, I agree. You know what makes me feel like a Hall of Famer, Joe? Using my Manscaped Lawnmower 2.0 to trim the hedges. Now, I know Manscaped. Is there any truth to the fact that Michael Jordan uses Manscaped on his head to get that clean look and also because he's a dickhead? (laughs) There could be some validity to that. I've heard some rumors. Sources tell me. I love my Manscaped, Joe. They sent us a whole package. Uh, The main feature is the Lawnmower 2.0, which you can use on your pubes, on your chest hair, on your back hair. Whatever you need. And you know what? I'll just say it. Even though even though Manscaped says you shouldn't use the same thing on your pubes as you use on your face, guess what? I'm crazy and I do it. Is that a uh, party foul right there? I don't I mean do you, dog. Exactly. I'm gonna keep this stash looking nice and fresh with my Manscaped. Guys, get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code dirty at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you or your face. Get 25% off and free shipping with, again, our code D-I-R-T-Y at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com, and use promo code DIRTY. And uh, that link, along with all our sponsor links, will be in the description of the podcast. Some dirt balls have been using Manscaped, and I'm sending them all koozies because if they send me screenshots, um, it's a great gift, by the way. Oh, yeah. I love – I was just traveling. I had my Manscaped dab kit with me the whole time. It's a nice size bag, right? It's great. I can yeah. get my Manscaped stuff in there, plenty of room left over for my deodorant and my hair stuff. Yeah. And Every, they, and everywhere they, I went, I dropped my Manscaped branded bag. Lots of compliments. Is that leather? I, I believe it is, sir. <laughs> And then they said, you must have nice groomed balls right now, yeah, sir. Yeah. Manscaped. And I, and I would say, I believe I do, sir. Yeah. Well, we're talking NBA. You know who, you know how Manscaped. You know how groomed balls. Well, you know Mark Cuban. That's how Manscaped blew up. Oh, yeah. Was that Shark Tank? Yeah. I love Shark Tank. I watch a lot of Shark Tank. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think he, I think he sunk uh, 500 grand into Manscaped. There you go. So Cuban knows what's up. Cuban knows the importance of Grooming the, the balls. Yeah. Trimming like the hedges. I, you, you know I love saying trimming the hedges? You know where that's from? No. It's a Chappelle show quote. When, when they do the, the wife swap and he sees that she's completely groomed below. And he, he says, says she should trim the hedges? He says, I've done heard of trimming the hedges. You done scorched the earth. <laughs> <laughs> will there ever be a sketch show that will top Chappelle show, Prano? Um, hard to think that there will be concerning culture right now, but I have I have hope that the pendulum will swing back. Yeah, we'll be able to. I I almost think a Chappelle show, a, a Chappelle quality show, style show coming out now would be even more powerful. I agree. If some if somebody would have the 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 groomed balls to do it. Yeah. Just did a little fact checking. And uh, yeah, Mark Cuban invested five hundred thousand for a seven percent stake in Manscaped. So I was correct. Yeah, I knew it. And for that reason, he's in. Yeah. Um, let's talk NF- or NFL. Let's talk Major League Baseball because we have a World Series that is happening, Joe. And 
It's not looking good for the Houston Astros right now. No, it's not. Two home losses, Verlander, Cole, that, and, and last night the wheels came off. Um, it's not looking good. Now, if I were a betting man, which I am, uh, I would be on some live sports betting sites right now, and I'd be looking at potential ways to gamble on the Astros because I think if there is a team that has shown that they can battle back, it is the Astros. They've got so much talent. And to be fair, they did lose to Scherzer and Strasburg. So it's not like they had decided pitching matchups, decided pitching advantages in those two games. And, oh, you know, Cole and Verlander lost to guys off rotation, and now you've got to worry about Scherzer. So it's not good. I give them no chance. None. Oh, this is the best thing that could ever happen None. for me. None. No chance. No chance. They they lost. Congratulations, Houston Astros. You just got your chance. Garrett, you had no chance until Andy Ruther said you have no chance, and now you might have a better chance than the Nationals have. Garrett Cole hadn't lost a game since May. Yeah. He loses. Verlander loses. Both games at home. The Nationals are now 6-0 and since the NLCS started. They are just rolling as a team. I give the Astros zero chance. In fact, I wouldn't be shocked if they get swept at this point. Uh, yeah, well, I, I disagree. <laughs> turn those lights out, Houston. I disagree. You have a problem. I disagree. I mean, Houston, like I said, definitely has a problem. But you've got to remember, as we say on Dirty Slides all the time, Nationals fans don't exist. So it's not like we're going to have to worry about like a crazy, violent fan situation when they go to Washington. They're going to be playing in front of holograms. So you get to 3-2 coming back. They get two games there. If they, can get, if they can take two out of three in Washington, they have a chance. It's not good, and it's not a good chance, but it definitely just got the Andy Ruther bump or dent, depending you, on how you look at it. You're done. The Astros got a bump. The Nationals got a dent. You're done. Nationals, they're winning it. Lights out. I'm calling it, man. We had some uh, some new hirings at the manager position. The Cubs yesterday hired David Ross, the former catcher. Yep. Uh, I guess, I mean, in a way, it's a terrible hire for them and a good hire for them simultaneously. Um to me, it's a terrible hire that you would replace Joe Madden with a first-time manager. Uh, like, if, if you you have an issue with how games were handled, now you're going to a guy with no managerial experience whatsoever. Seems reckless. Seems dumb. That being said, they already fired Joe Madden. So that ship has sailed. They already made, in my opinion, a terrible decision. Uh, if you're going to replace him... Replace him with a World Series hero. Replace him with a guy who, you know, catcher, who obviously has a ton of game managerial, managerial experience from on the field. Catchers often make great managers. Um, they, those are guys who, you know, are the, ca the true captains of the entire field. Um, they know how to handle pitching staffs. They know how to handle defense. They know how to – I'm sure he's a smart guy. And uh, – you know, as far as 
once you make a terrible decision, this is a pretty good follow-up. I still think in a vacuum, fire Joe Madden, hire a guy with no managing experience. Seems dumb. But as far as that goes, I guess if you're going to do that, then this is the guy to hire. He's got. He's obviously got a history with the team, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the Phillies today hired Joe Girardi. Another catcher. A lot of people thought he was going to your Mets. Are yeah. You, are you disappointed? Uh, I'm not as disappointed as a lot of Mets fans, uh, but this all depends on who the Mets end up hiring. I wasn't on like the Joe Girardi like has to be the next manager of the Mets campaign, um, but at the same time, same thing with the Mets. Uh, are we about to hire somebody with no managerial experience? They did that with Mickey Calloway. They pulled the plug on it. I wasn't even necessarily a fan of pulling the plug on Mickey Calloway because the issue is bullpen mismanagement when they have a shitty bullpen. I'm fine with them firing Mickey Calloway, provided that they get a you know a good manager to follow him up. But now at this point, Girardi out of the mix Madden out of the mix are we t- are, I mean who like are we are now the Mets are going with Carlos Beltran or Eduardo Perez or quote unquote the unnamed bombshell there was talk momentarily this is how bad the Mets are there was talk momentarily that the unnamed bombshell was Jessica Mendoza I would <laughs> fucking, I'd burn down City Field. I would burn it to the ground. Oh, I hope it happens. I would immediately stop being a Mets fan. I, I, this, I would never take this hat off again. I would be a San Diego Padres fan. That would be it. I'd be all in on the Padres. I would never be a Mets fan again. All the history of myself, the Mets, the 86 the pitch, Syndergaard, DeGrom, Pete Alonso, all out the window. Jessica Mendoza hired. I unfollow everything Mets. I never t- I never even say the name Mets again. You'd still follow them. Nope. I'd block all their accounts. I'd sell my gear. I'd go to a, you know, uh, the Jim Carrey movie where they erase your memory. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I'd find some place like that to have the memories of 86 removed from my life. I'd be done. But that's where the Mets are as a franchise and as an ownership. They have the Michael Jordan of baseball owners. There's talk that it might be Jessica Mendoza. There's also twerks. It might be twerks. There's talk it might be twerks with wolves. They're like, they're like, I don't know that that move where he was almost dead in a wildfire, but went to Starbucks. We like it very, you know, <laughs> very strategic. I think that's all bullshit. I don't know where rumors like this start. There's no way because they're saying bombshell. Like, what's a bombshell? David Wright, Pete Alonso, fucking player manager. What's a bombshell? Mike Piazza? Carlos Beltran. He's been in the mix since the beginning. He's not the unnamed bombshell. Keith Hernandez? Oh my god, I'd fucking I'd have the biggest boner of all time. I'd be like, it'd be it'd be that fucking it'd be that meme. It'd be You're the girl, I'm the dude, Keith Hernandez. Up at the top it would say Stash Brothers, and I'd just be looking back at Keith's ass. <laughs> 
I want to talk college football Heisman. I, I want to do a little dive here. We, we, we got a lot to get to on this show, and I get we have to make our picks. We're actually going to do dirtball calls today. I know it's been a minute, uh, so this might be a little longer show. We're going to try to bust through it. But, I, but this is what I want to talk. First of all, if you had money and you put it down on LSU quarterback Joe Burrow, holy shit, you're looking good. He started the year 200-1 to 1 to win the Heisman. 200 to 1. He's now in the lead as of this week with Oklahoma's Jalen Hurts at 5 to 4. Wow, from 200 to 1 to even money. I mean, that's wild. Imagine if you put 100 bucks down on that. Yeah. So he's he's obviously made a amazing leap and it's been a great year to see him perform and LSU's really never had a quarterback. But this this brings up the Andy Ruther discussion that I want to have today, Joe. And we've kind of had it about NFL and college quarterbacks going to big-time programs. But what we haven't really had is the Heisman curse for quarterback. So we always hear about the Madden curse. I mean, I feel like the Heisman curse... For quarterback in particular. Right. But I feel like the Heisman curse is something that's been talked about over the years because for a long time... Quarterback or not, there hasn't been, there wasn't a player that was really successful. I mean, you look at like the Bo Jackson, Barry Sanders. You go back to that from that run for a while. It was it was bad. Well, I, I'm pulling it up. Let's go back to 1990. So let's go back about 30 years. I mean, who's above Detmer? Keep going back. Andre Ware, like Barry Sanders. Okay, start with Barry. Sa- like, go from Andre Ware, 89. Okay. But, but I, in particular, I want to look at the quarterbacks. Okay. I, I just want to see – my point to everyone who is following this is to show you guys who won the Heisman at quarterback in the last 30 years, for the most part, have absolutely sucked or just been non they, – they, they, haven't, they haven't done anything in the, in the pros. They, they've basically been non-existent in the NFL. So we'll start 1989. The 1989 Heisman winner, Andre Ware, did nothing in the pros. 1990, the quarterbacks, Ty Detmer, does nothing. Now, just I know we're talking about quarterbacks. Desmond Howard is next. Desmond Howard was a one-time Pro Bowler. Did he get a Super Bowl MVP, though? Okay, yeah, he ran back a kickoff in the Super Bowl. But I'm just saying, he's also a one-time Pro Bowler. One. Okay. Gino Toretta, 1992. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Ward, 1993. Went to the NBA. You Rash- want me to— Rashawn Salam. You want me to Bad. do? You want me to do all the players? I'm just saying. Also, if like even if you like even if you include the players, yes, the quarterbacks have been a disaster. But even if you include all the players, a lot of these guys war- didn't live up to the hype of being a Heisman Trophy winner. But even more so, the quarterbacks. I right. just I, that's that's my point. Danny Warfel in 1996, Chris Winkie 2000, Eric Crouch 2001. Arguably on this list, Carson Palmer is he the is he the best that played out in the NFL? Probably, because then we have Carson Palmer, then we have Jason White, then we have Matt Leinart, Troy Smith, Tim Tebow, Sam Bradford. Actually, it would be Cam Newton. Cam Newton, who obviously won an MVP. RG three, Johnny Manziel, Jameis Winston, Jamarcus Mar- Winston, Jamarcus Winston, Marcus Mariota. And then we still have a to-be-determined with Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, and Kyler Murray. But my point is of listing all those guys. Of all those quarterbacks since 1989 who won the Heisman, Cam won an MVP and made it to a Super Bowl. 
Carson Palmer threw for probably 40,000 yards, made a few Pro Bowls. And what, never won a playoff game? He won two playoff games his whole career. So basically, my point is, if you win the Heisman, the odds of you beating now, again, we have three relatively new guys in Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, and Kyler Murray, so we can see what happens there. But the reason I'm bringing this up is I think the Heisman is so overhyped, it continues to be overhyped, and guys don't pan out in the NFL. But the Heisman, it's because it's it's there are so many factors with it. It ends up being very similar to what MVP trophies have become. It's look at all those guys, Matt Leinert, you know, uh Gino Toretta. Yeah. You're on dominant teams. Yeah. That were going to win. I mean, look at the Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Now, Lamar Jackson, Louisville. Again, we're looking at Lamar Jackson's career in the NFL. We, we've done the whole thing. Is he a running back? Is he a quarterback? Blah, blah, blah. We'll go that whole path. But these guys, it's you're, you're looking at SC, Florida State. Now, you got Johnny Manziel, Texas A&M, because he beat whatever. Like, you're playing for a dominant school, and you're putting up tons of points and tons of yardage because you're just shitting on other teams. You're also facing absolutely no adversity at the quarterback position. Yeah. None. Which has been my point in forever about what I'm looking for in an NFL quarterback is a guy that's going to be able to go to the line, make some changes, stand in the pocket, deliver, be able to succeed when he's getting knocked down when he's getting fucked around with like Jameis Winston never called a fucking audible at Florida State none of these guys ever because when you're Alabama when you're Oklahoma and you're playing fucking Kansas State or Oklahoma State or Mizzou they know the play who gives a shit we're still going to run it down their throat. We're still going to throw it down their sh- throat because I will throw in a double coverage. I will throw in a triple coverage because my wide receiver is also a fucking top five NFL pick, and your cornerback is going to be selling used cars next year. They face no adversity. They don't face a, a, a difficult situation, and then they go to the NFL, and normally they get drafted by bad teams because they're ranked so high. Then they face extra adversity i don't even necessarily think some of those guys would have been busts if they don't have to go play for arizona i'm not sure matt liner's the worst quarterback in history but he faced zero adversity in high school zero adversity in college and then is lined up behind an arizona cardinals offensive line and is in afghanistan suddenly this guy has spent his life eating fucking muffins and drinking coffee and then they drop him in a fucking war i twerks fresno state i don't think david carr is the worst quarterback in history david carr will be dead by 55 years old from cte from playing behind an expansion texans offensive line i don't think david carr was the worst quarterback in history unfortunately for david carr he'll go down as one of the biggest busts and he'll go down before he's 60 because he played in a fucking war zone. His offensive line was truckers. Yeah. From Texas. So it's it's a combination of both those things. They they But, but it, 
They the, are the, they are lifted up by their teams in college, and then they're let down by the teams. And but there's they're a probably reason, somewhere in the middle. There's a reason I'm bringing that up, though. Because I'm gearing this more towards the NFL discussion. And for me, as a talent, talent evaluator, if I'm a general manager of an NFL team, I'm staying away from these guys. That's, and that's kind of my point. And, and we've seen it. Let's, let's look where these guys are at right now. Your last few hot... Dude, these, these are your... Since 2010. No, let's go, let's go back to 2008. Since 2008, these are your Heisman winners. Where are they at now? Also drafted number one or very high. Sam Bradford, not in the NFL. Cam Newton, currently injured. RG3, backup. Johnny Manziel, not in the NFL. Jamarcus Winston, come on, do we even have to go there? Marcus Mariota, got benched. So, so my point is, as a GM, I don't know how they're not looking at this history. Because history, if you're going to base things on history, right, and on what's happened in the past, I don't need to do all the combine and all that shit. I would say, as a general manager... Yo, these Heisman guys aren't panning out but for, as, for all the reasons that you just listed, which are gen- great. But as a general manager, you shouldn't even be the, – the Heisman shouldn't even be a word that comes up in your meetings I, because it has nothing to do with the NFL. And the people that are choosing it have nothing to do with talent evaluation. They're, they're not they're, – the people that choose the Heisman aren't evaluating talent whatsoever. They're evaluating raw statistics – in a situation that is not a level playing field. We like to talk about Michael Jordan versus LeBron James, Mike Trout versus Derek Jeter. These are all guys who played in the NBA. Baker Mayfield is playing different competition than Carson Wentz. College is a a gross range of talent. Yeah. Division one, division two, division three, SEC, Pac Ten, Big Ten, Big Twelve. But like if you're in the Big East, judging a guy's raw statistics versus a guy who played in the SEC is is ludicrous. They're not related. They're not fucking related. That's why a lot of these guys you, every year you see it. It's some guy on the number one or the number two team that's Accepting a Heisman Trophy before he plays in the fucking BCS Bowl game. Some guy from Division Two or some low-ranking school that's put up some gaudy fucking crazy numbers. And then you're going, oh, well, Carson Wentz has got an invite, but only because it's like... But those guys end up fucking doing just as well in the NFL as these guys. Because the bottom line is you can only play against the talent that you play against and with the talent you play against. Daniel Jones drafted sixth. Oh, look at what he did in college. Look at what he did in college. He survived at Duke. That's what he did in college. He survived. That's fucking legendary. Eli Manning, doormat of the SEC. He survived. Well, they weren't the, they were actually pretty good when he went there. Yeah, because he went there. They went they would were they winning like 9 games. Yeah. But I'm saying they weren't they were still playing the Alabamas every year. They were still playing the uh, the LSU LSU's every year. There's like the Auburns every year. To survive those games when you're on a clear under like it's difficult to do. That's why the first thing you got I want you to overcome adversity. Just wanted to add a little uh a little nug on the Heisman curse. Uh so out of 82 possible Heisman winners, um only 10 guys have won the Super Bowl and the Heisman. 
have only won both. So only 12% of Heisman winners have ever won a Super Bowl. And then as far as MVPs go, only nine guys have ever won both an MVP and the Heisman. So, yeah. Yeah, the Heisman curse, man. No, I'm just saying, nobody talks about Do it. Do you have a list of those nine guys? I don't have the list, no, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, it's just, you know. It's actually kind of amazing that that many have won the yeah, MVP. Yeah. Well, let's well let's go back. the The last one was Cam. Yeah. Before that. Yeah. Before that, how far back do you have to go to get an MVP? I mean, did Barry Sanders win an MVP? I don't think so. Barry Sanders, Tim Brown, Bo Jackson. I mean, I, I, I'm think I'm th- I, th- I think you're in black and white before you get. You're saying a Super Bowl MVP. Are you saying the MVP of the league? MVP of the league, I think. Did OJ ever win one? Jim Plunkett? Okay, here's a... Roger Staubach, maybe. So, Hornung, Staubach, Staubach, Simpson, Earl Campbell, Marcus Allen, Barry Sanders, Cam Newton. Yeah, so 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 after Cam, the next one was Barry Sanders, who won the Heisman in 88. Yeah, man. And before that, this guy's played in black and white. I mean, Earl Campbell, Marcus Allen, OJ. Look how happy OJ is in that picture. <laughs> He's like, I got away with it. <laughs> you know what? On a side note, Twitter, just get your shit together. Like, this whole we're not going to verify OJ, I don't get it. We know it's OJ Simpson. Uh, what is Twitter's stance? I mean, I'm being serious. What is their stance? We're going to allow you on Twitter, but we're not going to verify you? Like, I, I would love to talk to somebody on Twitter about that. Well, why aren't you verifying him? He's he's a celebrity. He's a fucking, like, what are we, what's the, what is the reasoning for not giving him that little blue check mark? And I feel like no one's talking about it, and this is an issue that I want to address as uh, an OJ stand. I mean, I would if I was in the verification department, I'd verify him just for myself, my own safety. <laughs> I need OJ sliding into my DMs with the fucking knife emojis. And I definitely don't need him sliding into my office. I mean, why is OJ not verified? Fuck! If I was like, if I was working in the uh, concessions department of Twitter, I'd be up in their office. But can you just verify this guy? He has known to come in and looking for somebody and just kill waiters while he was there. <laughs> It's like for our safety. I mean, get your act together, Twitter. Like I'm just trying. I'm just here trying to make fucking vegan tofu wraps for you, you know, Silicon Valley motherfuckers. I ain't trying to get stabbed by OJ over it. Verify the dude. I mean, what what is also the... Ray Lewis is verified, right? But that's what I'm saying. He's a murderer. Other guys are verified. Barack Obama's verified, right? Shots fired. OJ has 916,000 followers. Why isn't he verified? There's no reason not to verify this guy. We should put together a list of murderers who are verified. That's a great idea. I love that. Verified on Twitter and probably likely murdered people. I can just start naming NFL players. Dante Stallworth killed somebody in DUI. And he's verified on Twitter? Guarantee he's verified. Matthew Broderick? Is he on Twitter? Did he kill somebody? Yeah, he like DUI killed somebody in Ireland. When did that happen? 
A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't like to talk about this. Wow, yeah. Matthew Broderick, man, vehicular manslaughter. Yeah. When? I don't know. Twerks. Dude, that's interesting. I, I like this idea of putting together a list of people who've been associated with murder. Well, and by the way, technically, if we want to get technically, I, and by the way, I'm, I'm not saying Matthew Broderick murdered somebody, but you know, he killed somebody. Yeah. But but hold on, technically, OJ didn't kill anybody, by the law. Right. So that's another point to OJ's argument. Right. And Ray Lewis didn't kill anybody by the law. Exactly. Acquitted. All right. So we got it right here. In 1987, Matthew Broderick, while driving a rented BMW in Northern Ireland, crossed into the wrong lane and collided head-on with a mother and her daughter and killed them both. Dude, he killed he killed a mother and a daughter. Yeah, and he was fined 175 dollars. $175? Yeah. Bro, white privilege right there. Yeah. He was fined $175. Yeah, he was facing up to five years in prison and then was later convicted of a lesser drunk, charge. Right? Yeah. 1987. Of care- yeah, but he was charged for a lesser charge of careless driving and How- fined $175. Fucking Ireland. They have no laws for killing people drunk. How, how old was he? Because uh- how old is he now? Uh, I don't know. I mean, 87, right? 87, when, when yeah. When did fucking Ferris Bueller's come out? Like, so, so that was 32 years ago. He's 23, 24 years old? Let's call him 24. I'm going to say Matthew Broderick, born 1953. He was born in 1962. Sorry, so ni- so math he, wrong, but pretty close. He was, 20, he was 25 years old. Yeah. He wasn't a kid. I mean, yeah. he's, he's still young, but wow. Prano. Good, good call out, bro. Is Matthew Broderick on Twitter? And he's verified. <laughs> he's not on Twitter. But okay. if he was, I bet he'd be verified. I bet he's verified on Instagram. Yeah. Caitlyn Jenner. That's a good point. Yeah. Caitlyn Jenner killed somebody. Just verify OJ for your own safety. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm verified. I've been murdering pussy for years. Oh! <laughs> Speaking of murdering pussy, let's talk some NFL news. Let's do it. Lots of trades this week, Joe. Yeah. Lots of moves. Let's let's mow through these, and then we're going to get to our picks for the week. Uh, the Patriots traded for Muhammad Sanu. I like this move for them. Yeah, how do you not? They uh, pick up another good quality receiver. Athletic guy. He's actually He actually has a higher career passer rating than Tom Brady, I saw. It's a fun stat. Fun stat. He... He, he was a former quarterback. In high school. But he can actually throw the ball. Have yeah, you no. seen him in some of those plays? Yeah, I've seen him. Okay, so I like this move. Josh Gordon, done. Well, everybody was talking about uh, the oh the second rounder, for, but it's like the Patriots win the Super Bowl, don't win the Super Bowl, whatever. They're picking in the late 20s, high, low 30s, right? Like, yeah. This is, this is essentially an early third-round pick. Also, you, like, Mohamed Sanu is basically – like the Mohamed Sanu just went from – guy on the Falcons to like I, I bet you right now he's you think he's a top 10 Super Bowl MVP odds you think he's top 10 Super Bowl MVP odds yeah I would I would put it at that that's remarkable yeah upgrade yeah big upgrade and he's always been lost in the mix you gotta remember in Cincinnati he you know had AJ Green and he had he's good as shit yeah, yeah. He, he, had, he had all those guys he was playing with and the same thing in Atlanta. Rutgers product. Rutgers, that's right. Rutgers. Yeah. 
Pats fans are really not that old either. No, Sanu's like what 30, 31? Yeah, probably that age. Josh Gordon done, injured reserve. So he's going to fill in for him. Another wide receiver that is traded, Emmanuel Sanders to the Niners. Great move for the Niners. Yeah, what, I like it. What was there? What? Well, uh, do you know I, what they gave up for him? I don't really care in the NFL. I guess maybe I should. A yeah, fifth and fifth a and seventh. seventh. It's great. It's a great move. I love it. And then the uh, the Seahawks made a trade. Who did they pick up? I forgot to put this on the rundown. The safety from the Lions. Sa- Driggs. What's his name? Quandre D- Driggs. Diggs? Diggs? I think it is Diggs. Diggs, Driggs. Not going to work here anymore. That's for sure. <laughs> he, uh, he was a captain, so I guess it was pretty surprising news for them but the the Seahawks they're they're not that good defensively they need all the help they can get but I like all these moves so far yeah I, I'm still hoping that the the Bengals send AJ Gre- AJ Green send AJ Green somewhere but I think he's suffering from severe severe just brain disorder because he has been on quote saying he'd like to finish his career with the same team with so the he Bengals. has CTE is what you're saying yeah I mean he wants to be a Bengal for life He's on quote say he's on quote saying he he has loved how Larry Fitzgerald has played his whole career. It's like yeah, Larry Fitzgerald's also played in the Super Bowl. He's also won multiple playoff games. He's also in Arizona. Like, yeah, I'm, you know, forget team success, whatever. Like, yeah, Arizona's dope. Yeah, you're in like, Cincinnati, bro. It's fucking hot. He's golfing in the off season. He's probably golfing on fucking Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Yeah, you're in Cincinnati. What are you doing? You're just hoping there's not golf balls and tees in your fucking chili. <laughs> What do you think the weirdest thing that's ever ended up in some fucking skyline Chili's been? Like a, a human foot or something? Like, I bet you some wild shit has been found in Chili. I used to... Just you, like fucking nuts and bolts and ball bearings and when shit. I When I worked at Skyline, so I talked about this, right? There's a massive vat. Like, it's this just giant vat. And it's like an ore, which you stir the Chili with. Like a, I'm a, surprised a supervillain hasn't taken over Cincinnati after falling in it and getting burnt like the Joker. Like it, it's like a rowing oar, and that was my when Cutter and I worked there that one summer. That was my job. That was one of my jobs. Was that you'd have to just stir and rotate the chili because it's this massive vat. You think a human has ever fallen in it? You 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 would you did you have such severe burns. Yeah. I mean. You could still stand up in it. These scars. (laughs) (laughs) I worked at Skyline Chili for a whole summer. I love the Batman Skyline remake. Yeah, we've done every other version of like how the Joker started. Now, now the Joker's just like a mental patient. I still haven't seen the Joker. The Joker fell in some chili. Is the next one. I haven't seen it. It's gonna be directed by Paul Feig, the fucking guy from Bridesmaids. Like, falls in some chili. Well, working at Skyline. You uh, you just like- start sprinkling grated cheese on people after he kills them. That's some good cheese, by the way. That's what the, that's all they care about at Skyline when you work there. They tell you all oh, this cheese comes from Wisconsin, and it's all about the cheese. My father took out the cheese, sprinkled it on my mother. It's pretty good, though, right? The Joker. I, I liked it. Did you see what happened? Is going on in the Bronx now? Have you seen this? Mm-mm, people are going to those stairs. Yeah, and I was reading the tweets. It's so funny because the because like. Obviously, I don't know the Bronx. Like, it's a rough area, right? Yeah. So, like, I mean, a, yeah, relatively. I don't know, because a lot of people were like, yo, get these tourists out of here. 
Like, this is an area you want to be coming through. Well, I'm sure it's also like, oh, great, white people fucking doing white people shit. It's Insta- white people and Asians. Instagram and the fucking stairs and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Gentrification is not usually welcomed with open arms. Yeah. No. Is there a brunch spot around here that we could go after taking the picture of the Joker stairs? Is there like a Joker-themed restaurant? Yeah. I've, I s- he- I've heard that the next one he's going to be. Falling chili. Is there like a Joker chili we could get? I saw the video. It's all white people and Asians. Yeah. That's all it is. Because if you go on Google now, Google has now marked it as a landmark in the Bronx. It says Joker stairs. Fun. It's going to be all fun until somebody gets shot. Yeah. And then it's going to be even more fun. Yeah. (laughs) Well, let's get to the picks. Now, this week, you are... Five in back of me. Now, I've maintained a lead for five weeks, Prano. We're almost halfway through the season. You're going to have to make a move at some point. Yep. Are you little what, I, I picked up a game last week? No, you, lost, you lost a game last week. I was only down four last yeah. week? Oh. You, you lost a game last week. Oh, I, was, I, was, I thought I was already down bigger than that. Now I'm, now I'm definitely not worried. Okay. Now this, I'm going to have to enlarge this. For some reason, I can't zoom in on this. Uh Hold on one. Let me let me adjust this. Before we do that, I want you. There's rumors about Tom Brady possibly retiring. Do you have any takes on that? Um, not really. I mean, the guy's like 43. Uh, he should retire or do whatever he wants. I don't care. Uh, I don't think Bill Belichick's worried. I think Don, Tom Brady like. I I feel like Tom Brady will retire this year one way or the other. Because if he doesn't win the Super Bowl this year, then you know. What do you come? You come back for another year. But if he does, if he does win the Super Bowl this year, I could totally see him walking away. Right? How many do you need? Yeah. No, I agree. I, I feel like Tom Brady retires after the season. I know there's a whole. I know the we were talking pre-show about well, the rumors are because he put his house on the market and blah blah blah. And I asked you guys how much is he trying to sell his house for? You guys said thirty million. I think it's like thirty million. It's something. I'm insane. like twenty million, thirty million, whatever it is. Uh, it takes a while to sell a house like that. Not a lot of people on the market for thirty million dollar houses. Yeah. So he might be putting his house on the market in Boston because, like any reasonable person who's from another part of the world, who would want to live there if they weren't forced to? Yeah. And at some point, he's going to have to sell his house. May as well start the process now, whether he sells it this year, next year, whenever. Like Again, it takes a long time to sell $30 million houses, Yeah. even when that house was once owned by Tom Brady. There's the, the kind of people who want Tom Brady's house just because it was Tom Brady's house are not the kind of people who have $30 million. We should all fucking go in on Tom Brady's house. How much you got? Oh, I got fucking $16. What do you got? I got fucking $45. let us fucking get it together. Just, there's just going to be 200 degenerate Pats fans that all go in on some fucking GoFundMe and buy Tom Brady's $30 million house. I'm fucking in the same bed that fucking Tom Brady fucked in. <laughs> I'd watch that. That's, that sounds like a reality show. Well, let's get to the picks this week. Our picks are brought to us by our friends at GTP Picks. Joe, if you're a dirtball and you like to gamble, and I know a lot of dirtballs do, and you're sick of paying your bookie out on Monday. You need to go subscribe at GTP Picks. Agree? Absolutely. Guys, they utilize real-time statistics and analytics to give their clients an edge over the sports books. They offer exclusive sports betting plays for all major sports that have been profitable year after year. So any subscription for any dirt balls, 
gets you exclusive access to professional sports betting. The professional sports betting picks with detailed write-ups sent directly to your email. And college picks. And uh, all sports. Yeah. A 24 access to the GTP picks team for all things betting. So basically, if you guys like to gamble and you're in this for the long haul, and I know a lot of you guys are, they're going to give you advice and all the stats that you need to make the correct pick. Basically, you take a little smidgen out of what you're betting on these games, give it to GTP picks. They're going to give you their picks, which are going to make you money. In turn, they're basically they're going to make you back the money that you're spending to subscribe to them, which, look, this isn't for everybody. It's not for the $2 better. It's not for the Maddie Goberts. I got 50 cents, say the nine yeah. SB, whatever. But there are a lot of people out there. That put real money that down. That put real money down. Yeah. And we sat down with these guys. We've seen the figures. We've seen the model. We've yeah. seen the numbers. And, and you can go to their website, and you can see the history of their success. If you're betting real money on sports, it's honestly a bit reckless not to find yourself a service that's going to help you win more games. Yeah. And we have an exclusive offer for all the dirt balls. Simply go to gtppicks.com and enter promo code DIRTY at checkout to save 25%, 25%. Off, your, off your subscription. With this Dirty Sports discount, you'll get access to the recommendations for less than $1 per play. If you like making money while watching sports, investing with GTP picks is a no-brainer. And I couldn't agree more. Legit, like Joe said, I literally have a binder over here of all their stats, of all the analytics, of things that they've broken down for us. And if you're going to bet 20 30 bucks on a game here and there, why would you not use them? Because Joe is exactly right. You're going to get that money back in the investment with them pretty quickly because you're going to be winning all your bets. Honestly, if I don't start... Picking up some games, I'm subscribing to GTP Picks just so I can catch you. Yeah. The the season, because right now we are, wh- whatever. I'm five games back. Blah blah blah. We are shitting the bed. We both are. We are taking hot, steamy dumps. Yeah. It's been a rough year. It's been a bad year. It's been a very I'm rough. I'm still year. up money on my picks on uh, Instagram, but not a ton of money. I'm still up money, but again, I'm picking a lot of money lines. So we're making some money line picks. Unfortunately, I don't have the benefit of getting any sort of bump here when I face Andy Ruther and picking money line underdogs, but that's okay. Well, we have some major, major spreads this week. For for a guy who's still in his survivor pool, I, I have I have some decisions to make, and we'll start off with the Thursday night game. Tonight is one of those decisions. The Redskins are 16-point underdogs traveling to Minnesota to face the Vikings. Massive spread here. 16's a lot. Um, it's, the, it's called the You Like That Game. Yeah. The Vikings uh, have been playing fantastic. Uh, the Redskins have been, been playing hot trash. That being said, 16 on a Thursday, I'm taking the team formerly known as... The Washington Redskins. You're taking the Redskins. I am. Based solely on it being Thursday and 16 points. I'm going to take the Redskins as well. The big debate for me is, do I take this as my survivor? Why wouldn't you? 
Well, I'm to the point. Let me ask you your opinion on the survivor. Because I asked my, my buddies who do this with me. I'm to the point where do you start strategizing? And my buddy says that's stupid. Stupid. You have to you have to win every week. That's what he said. You just focus on winning the week. Also, strategy, any week that you don't pick the Dolphins, you always have the Dolphins for another week. You know what I mean? The Steelers, we're looking, uh, we'll look ahead, 14 points over the Dolphins. I'm also a total fan. I won a Survivor a couple years ago saying, take the Browns every week. The Browns went 0-16. Now, at some point, their division team, they're going to be playing somebody twice. Yeah. Those are the weeks you have to survive. You could always take the fucking Dolphins, though. You're probably not going to get a chance to take the Steelers. A ton of other times. I disagree with that. Why? Because they have the Bengals again. Division game. The, the Steelers are going to not be 14-point favorites over the Bengals. I don't... You want? Fuck it. You want to skip ahead? We can skip ahead. Let's okay. just skip ahead to that game. That's a Monday night game? I think this is a trap game. You think the Dolphins win the game? I think there's a possibility. Well, I think you're wrong. <laughs> well, well, here's why. Here's why. I think the, I think the Dolphins cover... And the reason I think they cover, and I think they keep it close. Dude, we're still talking about Mason Rudolph. Your boy Fitz scares me. He scares me enough. And he's Yeah, and he, and he should. And I'm going to take the and Twerks can go ahead and put it in there. We'll both take the Dolphins on Monday night because it's 14 points and it's too big a spread. That being said, the Steelers won't lose that game. Really? Really. You give them no chance of losing that game. I mean, I give them some chance of losing that game, but I don't think that they lose that game. Okay. Because this is who I was leaning towards for taking this week for my survivor. But it's also London. The Bengals-Rams. The Rams are 13.5-point favorites. We all know London. Every, like, in a way, for lack of a better term, all bets are off right. when you're playing in London. That's a massive spread. I'm going to take I, – I, I just – I don't know. I don't know on this one. I'm leaning towards the Bengals, but can they score any goddamn points? I'm going to go Rams. I'm also going to go Rams. I just think, yes, in London, it's a wild card. It'll probably start out sloppy for both teams to travel. But I also think that, again, when we, when we talk about the Rams and what they do and what they don't do, the the – Jared Goff going to the line. This is kind of what we were talking about with college football. It's like, who cares if they know the play? It's the Bengals. You're the Rams. You yeah. should fucking dominate them, and I think that they do. Yeah. I think two touchdowns in in London, never safe, but I'm going with the Rams. I want to go back to the Vikings real quick as a team because I, I, have, I have an interesting thought this week. I'd love to hear your thoughts. We see how well Teddy Bridgewater is playing right now. Right. Kirk Cousins is also playing extremely well the last few games. I'm just I just want to pose this scenario. Moving forward, let's just fast forward to playoffs cuz I assume the Vikings are going to make the playoffs. Who would you rather have as your quarterback? Your former quarterback Teddy Bridgewater, 2019 Teddy Bridgewater or Kirk Cousins who we all know how off and on he can be. I think it's a good question. Who would you rather have if you are a Minnesota Vikings fan entering the playoffs? Who do you want manning your team? Um, I mean, I don't want either of them. Okay, but you have to choose. I guess I would choose Cousins. You would choose Cousins? Yeah. Why? 
Um, I just think that Teddy Bridgewater, as great as he's played for the Saints, has done a fine job game managing. But as likely as it is that Kirk Cousins has a playoff debacle, there's still a small chance that he has a game where he plays like he has played the last couple of weeks. He's uh, this the ceiling for Kirk Cousins is much higher. He's played in the last three weeks of football better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater has ever played at any point in the NFL. That's just a fact. Teddy Bridgewater wasn't that good when he played with the Vikings. What hasn't been? You know, he, he, I I agree, but 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 here's here's the point I would counter. I agree with what you just said. Teddy Bridgewater's never had three games like Cousins has had the last three weeks. But I've never would, had one game like any of those single games. But I would counter with this. The Vikings have a good defense, a great running game. If they continue to play at those high levels, don't you want a quarterback who's not going to make the mistakes, which also Kirk Cousins could do in the playoffs, the costly interceptions, where I would say Bridgewater isn't going to throw those costly picks. As I've said about quarterbacks, first things first, got to prove you can manage a game. Teddy Bridgewater has done that. Absolutely. I think Kirk Cousins has sort of proven he can do that. But Kirk Cousins has also proven that he can play exceptional games against bad teams, blah, 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 blah. I don't know that Teddy Bridgewater has. At some point in the playoffs, and I know we've got a caller who wants to come hot at me about Josie Brissett. At some point in the playoffs. Can't wait for to get to that call, by the way. You are going to need to play exceptional football Unless, like we said last episode, you're Trent Dilfer and you have an all-millennium defense. People can talk all they want about how Eli Manning was carried by his defense. Go back and watch the NFC Championship game against the Niners in Candlestick where Eli Manning had his fucking head smashed in every single play. And meanwhile, came out and started the second half with 11 straight completions or whatever. You're going to, at some point, need, in a Super Bowl run, not in any specific game, you can game manage your way through the wild card, you can game manage your way through the Super Bowl. But if you're going to win an entire playoff run, you're going to, at some point, need your quarterback to play exceptional football. I don't know if Kirk Cousins can do that. For four games in a row without turning into fucking disaster, Kirk Cousins. But I'm, I've never seen Teddy Bridgewater do it ever. So that's why I would take Kirk Cousins in that situation. I think I'm leaning towards Bridgewater, actually. Okay. Now, here's the reverse of that question. Right now... Now, obviously, Teddy Bridgewater is on the Saints, but in a in a fucking hypothetical world where they both are show up on the Saints and have the same, they have to learn this court the system at the same time. I'm going to take Teddy Bridgewater because, to me, that team with the talent that they have at the receiver position, the running back position, on the defense from a coaching standpoint, they could get through a Super Bowl with him. Managing games. If it was solely on that, 
I don't think the Vikings can. Yeah, the Vikings D is pretty good. The running back's great, for <laughs> sure. They have a lot of talent in the receiver. But they're not on that level. To me, they're not on the level where they're going to beat a Packers team on talent alone, just game managing their way through. You're gonna you're gonna play your division rival in Aaron Rodgers, and you're just gonna go with, hey, we're gonna run the ball the whole game. So, I said it before, and I'll say it again, and I can't wait for the phone call. But at some point, your quarterback's gonna have to be great. Well, we'll get to the. Jacoby Brissett phone call, which I can't wait, and dirtball calls. By the way, Brissett has has had he had a great game last week. He was great last week. I'm gonna I'm gonna just put that in there. Okay. This next game, I don't know what to do. It's still not available. I just looked. Seahawks Why? Seahawks Falcons because I think the status of Aaron, or, uh, of Matt Ryan is up in the air. Okay. So what are we doing here? So we'll just wait until Sunday. And then pick it? Yeah, you and I will make okay. a pick in the game because it's still not available. Okay. All right, Eagles travel to the Bills. The Bills are a point-and-a-half favorite. This is a tough game. A very it's tough game. It's a home game. game for the Bills. The Eagles have looked bad. They have. The Bills have looked great. Well, hold on. Defensively. Yeah, but they're 5-1. and one. They looked great. Yeah. Um, I'm taking the Eagles to win the game outright. You know, that's what I was going to lean towards because my thing is, do the Eagles fall to three and five? I mean, I think it's a bad strategy to bet on teams based on, like, can the Eagles, like, I mean, I've gone broke over the years saying, are the fucking Falcons going to be one and five? Like, yeah, they are. And I don't think the Eagles are that good. But I have seen the Eagles offense play well. I've seen the Eagles offense I just, uh, you know, I look, the Packers defense has been really great, too. I, I just have a feeling that this is going to be a higher scoring game. And I don't like the Bills offense to keep up in a higher scoring game, at least not enough. I like the Eagles in this, too. So we'll both go Eagles. OK, Chargers Bears. This is another interesting spread. The Bears are four point favorites at Soldier Field against the Chargers, who are two and five. The Bears are a disaster. I just I dude, here's the thing. The Chargers are usually in these games. I think that's too big of a spread. I gotta go Chargers. I think I think I think the Chargers probably lose, but by three or less. This is tough. It's a real tough one. I think a lot of these games this week are tough to pick. I'm gonna go Bears just because I need to make up some games somewhere. I'm I know I'm gonna hate this. I hate Mitchell Trubisky. I hate, <laughs> I, I've, I'm so sick of like I, I I repeat what I've repeated before. Like to me, uh, like calling Matt Nagy an offensive genius at this point is is just really starting to bother me. Uh, when your offense sucks, how are you an offensive genius? Also, they have Tariq Cohen. They never give him the ball ever. Mr. Trubisky's running fucking RPOs. I, I hate this pick, but I need to fucking make up some games. I'm not going to make up games. This is how I end up doing it. But whatever. We're in a fucking ball hold situation. We're five games in. We have all the same fucking picks. I'm not in a ball hold. I'm not. I'm no, just, I know. I'm saying it's. Yeah, it's I'm picking who I want to pick. Okay. I'll go first again. Giants, Lions, six and a half. 
The Lions have what? Had back-to-back losses? Who did they lose to last week? No, Giants lost to the Cardinals. No, I'm saying, who'd the Lions lose to? Who'd, who'd the Lions play last week? Minnesota. That's right. God, this is a big spread, though, man. I'm going the Lions. The Giants defense sucks. Matt Stafford's good. It's a home game for the Lions. The Giants have embarrassed themselves week in and week I'll out. I'll go Giants then. Okay. We'll defer it up there. Okay, Jets travel to Jacksonville where they face my boy, Gardner Minshew. You said I got the Minshew mustache right now, Joe. The Jets. Tacky shorts. You're supposed to go jean shorts if you're going to go full Minshew mania here. True. The Jets looked awful. I mean, one of the worst performances I've seen. Yeah. Sam Darnold. Uh, like, I, bro, maybe you shouldn't have come back from mono. I don't know what was happening there. Uh, apparently, he did not come back from mono. <laughs> yeah. Six is a lot, though. You talk about a co- you talk about a coach again, offensive guy. Adam Gase. That, that was such a Adam Gase didn't do anything in Miami, and then they hire him in New York. I just don't get it. And, well, let's start with then he was before that he was the Chicago offensive coordinator with Cutler. Everybody's talking about like him and Cutler. Oh, Cutler. Oh, it's the relationship with Cutler. I literally don't want anybody that's involved in my team that has any relationship with Cutler, Jay, Jay Cutler whatsoever. Yeah. If you know Jay Cutler, if you've seen Jay Cutler, if you if you have, you have family that went to Vanderbilt, uh, that if you've ever worn the number six at any sport at any level, I don't want anybody that has anything to do with Jay Cutler around me in any regard, football or otherwise. Well, with that all being said, I'm going to take the Jets. Six is too big for me. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the Cardinals travel to New Orleans where they are 10.5-point underdogs against the Saints. It's a trap! A hundred percent taking cards in this. I have been fucked in the bum by the Saints. Although Drew Brees might be playing, I'm going to take the Saints simply because, like, I I don't know the the Saint the Saints are like all I all I've done all year is disrespect the Saints, and all they've done is it's in the dome. I mean, I a hundred percent think it's a trap. Like, I could see the Cardinals win this game. I get 100 cents. I might bet the Cardinals to win the game just because the spread's so high and you're going to get value on it. But, man, if I lose any more games on the Saints, I have the L chain on my ass. We might have to go ass to ass with that. Yeah, that's let's, what? After the Antonio <laughs> Brown bet. <laughs> ash to ass. You know what line that's from, yeah. right? No way, Aaron. No. And Trebelli definitely doesn't know. Hold on, Aaron. Aaron, if you get this, I don't know if I recognize the line, but I'm thinking you guys are about to go full uh, requiem for a dream. He just pulled it on you, bro. Did you pull that up? No, I didn't look it up. Well, hold on, you you know that movie? Yeah. Wow. Thank God. I was I was about to say I'll give you a hundred bucks, but thank God, <laughs> th- thank God I didn't say that. You you answered too quickly. Unbelievable. Very impressive twerks. Shabelli would not have a clue what Requiem for a Dream is. Shabelli doesn't even know what the word Requiem means. <laughs> I don't think I do either. He's like, he's like, you're going to put it up my Requiem? No, that's Rectum. <laughs> it's Rectum, Shabelli. The Jameis one-of-one game of the week. By the way, new new, new Andy Ruther, uh, little, little downtime hobby, checking Jameis one-of-one's tweets. He literally 
all he does is tag is put his book link under people who tweeted about Jameis. Yeah. It's wild. If you guys haven't checked it out, you gotta go to this Jameis one of one guy. It's he's a nut job. The Bucks are two and a half point dogs in Tennessee. They're coming off a bye. I sadly want to take the Bucks in this. Do it. But I also Do it. I also Do it. But I also Do want it. to see Do a Jameis Winston. Do it. Do it. Turnover bonanza. <laughs> Because the Titans have a good defense. Yeah. Fuck it. I'm taking Titans. This is tough for me. This is tough. The Titans, like, week in and week out, you don't know what you're going to get from the Titans. Yeah. You got Ryan Tannehill starting now. This was supposed to be, this is supposed to be, like, the loser go home. Uh, what, number one overall, number two overall. This is supposed to be a bust off. Now you've got Tannehill. Versus Winston. Yeah. In a way, I could almost see it being a Winston game where they actually do bench him next week. Like, he's so bad that Arians has to make a move. But then I'm also like, the fucking Titans, man. So tough. I got to look this up. Who, who's the uh, who's the Bucks backup? Yeah, well, that's you know that's why they haven't. That's why anybody who's saying like, oh no, their backup is trash. Ryan Griffin. That's the only reason they haven't benched him already. Yeah. Um, God, it's a tough one. I agree. This is tough. Are you flipping a coin? Yeah. Unbelievable. Heads I go. Heads I go. Box tails I go. Titans. Ah, oh, falls down the fucking couch. Titans. All right, there it is. Tails for Titans. Tails never fails. Broncos, Colts. The Broncos are basically in uh, tank mode, I think, at this point. Trading uh, Emmanuel Sanders. There's six-point dogs heading to Indy against my boy, Jacoby Brissett. Prano's arch nemesis. Is it Brissett? Yeah, it is. I always say it wrong. It's Josie Brissett. Josie Brissett. Josie, Jody? Josie. Jody. Jody? What's his name? Jody Brissett? Jacoby. Jo- Jacoby. I'm taking the Colts. Yeah, me too. All right, 49ers, Panthers. Ooh. I don't know if you're noticing this trend here. Basically, all the home teams are favored except for the Packers game. Uh, five and a half. I'm going Panthers. I think they keep it close, man. Even though it's in Santa Clara, I like Kyle Allen, man. He he hasn't knock on wood. I bet he throws one this week, though. I called the air. I called the Russell Wilson interception last week. This is the week he throws an interception. But I think they keep it close. I think five and a half is too big. I'm going Panthers. I think five and a half is too big as well. Um, I this is not because I like Kyle Allen. I just like the fact that um, the. Niners pass rush, the Niners defensive line, so, so good that Kyle Allen, it, it, you know. It, this has screen game written this, all over exactly. it. Exactly. Christian I, McCaffrey. I'm, I'm doing this because I like Christian McCaffrey. I'm on the Panthers. I saw a stat today. Christian McCaffrey has about the same amount of rushing yards as Dalvin Cook, uh, just a few more. 
and the same amount of reception yards as T.Y. Hilton. Christian McCaffrey already has over 900 combined rushing and passing yards. He's going to get 2,000 all-purpose yards. Rushing and receiving. Yeah, rushing and receiving. Sorry. All right, Browns-Pats, huge spread here. 13-point Patriots favorites. I am taking the Browns to cover this. The Patriots, I'm not saying the Browns are a good team, but the Patriots have not played really any good teams. I think this is the best team that they've played so far, talent-wise. I think it's the best team they've played so far, talent-wise. I do. They've played the Jets twice, Miami, Pittsburgh. I'm obviously leaving some teams out, but... The bill, the bill, the Bills defensively, but offensively, this is the best team they've played. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Browns as well. Thirteen's a lot. Uh, they've been they've been keeping these Patriots spreads pretty high, and Patriots have been covering them. Yeah. Um, it's tough because it's in New England. This could have Baker Mayfield disaster game written all it, over yeah, it too. Yeah, it, cer- it certainly could, and it, and it might still. Browns defense is pretty good, though. Patriots offense has not been great. Patriots go offense is not good. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Browns. Yeah, they're they're mediocre. Okay, Raiders are seven-point dogs traveling to Houston. Twerks, Raiders. Ruthless, Raiders. Wait, I'll tell you what. Here's the thing about the Raiders. The Raiders are, again, a team that I can't figure out. I would just like to say in advance before you do whatever, I'm going to take the Texans to win and cover. I think the Raiders are bad. I think the Raiders are like showed out early, but I think they've come back down to earth. Uh, everybody was on the Raiders last week against the Packers. That will make me take the Raiders just to go against you. Great. I would Thank like you. to take that's, the that's, Raiders. That's precisely why I wanted to get it out first. Okay. Smart move. Your one road favorite of the week, that's it, are the Packers. They're four-point favorites in Kansas City against Matt Moore and the Chiefs. Matt Moore is 100% starting? Yeah. Mahomes out-out. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Right? I've seen talk that Mahomes might be playing. In the no, he's not playing. I'm taking the Packers regardless. Me too. I still like this Packers team. I, I, I'm on it from the beginning. A bag of potatoes greater than Mike McCarthy. Yeah, okay, so five hours ago, uh, this came from the Chiefs that Mahomes is possibly playing Sunday. No fucking way. And, and by the way, if they do play him, they're stupid. Yeah. You're dumb. You have a generational quarterback. Why would you rush him back? I'm taking the Packers. And by the way, I also have the Dolphins uh, on the last game. All right, Prano, so those are the picks for the week. Let's uh, get to some dirtball calls. Before we do that, I want to remind all the dirtballs to go use SeatGeek. This is the best time of year for sports. Is it not, Joe? Because you have the World Series, you have football, both college and the NFL. NBA. NBA, NHL. It's all here. Oh, hockey. That's a thing. You should yeah. think it's the hockey games. Yeah. It's all a thing. Guys, get your tickets on SeatGeek if you have not Seek used Geek. If you haven't used SeatGeek, promo code DIRTY. Promo do, code DIRTY. Do it now because they give you $10 off on your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code DIRTY. That's D-I-R-T-Y for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code DIRTY for $10 off on your first purchase. And if you go on SeatGeek and use promo code DIRTY, simply send me a screenshot. And I will send you 
some koozies in the mail. It's it's that easy. Our boy, our boy texted me, our boy Damo, keep it. He said, does that promo code still work for SeatGeek? I said, hell yeah. He goes, he goes I got a lady who's going to use it. All set. Damo, you probably don't need koozies, but if you need some, I'll send them to you. Oh, yeah. You need some koozies to take out on his boat? Yeah. SeatGeek! Koozies! Dirty! Okay. So, uh... Let's uh let's get to some calls, Joe. We uh we haven't listened to calls in so long. So these are some old calls. Uh do you want me to start with the Jacoby Brissett one? You start wherever you want to start. Okay. Let's let, let's let's start with our boy A Millie. Okay. Let's uh actually you know what? Let's not start there because I gotta refresh something. Let's start let me just pick whatever I have in here. All right, we'll start with this one. Yeah, what's up, Joe and Andy? Sorry, it's my second call. Hopefully you play this one. But fucking Yardley called out of Amarillo, Texas, home of the 2019 Texas League champions, Amarillo Side Poodles. Just like to uh, say thank you to the Dirty Sports. Definitely got that bump. And uh, just got a question here for you, boys. What is your favorite Halloween memory? I know fucking in college had bunch of good times at SUNY Coraline, up in SUNY Oswego. Uh, what's your favorite Halloween memory? And uh, I'll be sending that brown sod poodles jersey to you here very shortly. Just got them in the mail. So uh, yeah. hope to see exchange that bandana for a brown sod poodles jersey. All right, boys. Stay dirty. Condoms are for the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Favorite Halloween memory. I've got a lot of fun Halloween memories. Uh, one year, my friend Dr. Pete came to visit me at Lehigh, and uh, he had a, he didn't have a costume, so last minute he went to Rite Aid and got, like, a doll and, like, ripped off the doll's head and attached it to his head and also wore a blonde wig and then covered himself in blood and called himself the ghost of John Benet Ramsey, which was savage, really awkward but it was it was really fun because all night he would explain that his costume to people and like i mean it was the original blinking guy meme but it was blinking girl meme because literally every woman on lehigh's campus was like i don't even know what to make of this yeah but certainly my number one even though it's a uh, conglomerate of memories my number one halloween memory is that uh the legendary 131 in brooklyn where i lived for eight years uh i moved in in september we had an incredible roof deck we threw uh, that Halloween a Halloween party, and then we threw a Halloween party on Halloween night every year for I don't know how many years. The one three one legendary Halloween parties. So many people came through. Pizza Starro came to that party before he was living there as Maverick from Top Gun. Legendary. Uh, I believe that was the same day that I was dressed up as Lloyd Dobler from Say Anything, complete with a, a boombox that played In Your Eyes. Um just many a great Halloween party at the 131. Booze, drugs, fun. Well, I'm going to plug my upcoming podcast appearance on Brant Tobler's podcast. So I did a phone call with Brant the other day, mm-hmm. uh, and that was one of his questions. Favorite Halloween memory? Like favorite Halloween costume. And uh, it has not been released yet, his podcast, which is great, which you've done before yeah, as well. the 31. The 31 podcast. It talks about my, and I think I've talked about it before, my my pumpkin outfit 
So basically, I, I got a kid's, a, a child's outfit that I wore to my fraternity party that was supposed to go to the, the ground of a child, to their ankles. To me, it cut off right above my junk, and I went nude underneath. And the whole night, everyone was lifting up and just being like, you're naked. Canceled. Yeah. Canceled, canceled. But you want to hear something funny? The show's been canceled. You've been canceled. Halloween, canceled. You want to hear something that's crazy? So, you, so let me get this straight, just to be clear. You were showing your dick to people who didn't want to see your dick. No, canceled. No, no, no. This is the crazy part. I think I said this to Brant. The people who were more harassing me the most that night, it wasn't dudes. You, you couldn't see that. You'd have to lift up. Girls kept running up and lifting up and exposing Those me. girls. Canceled. I'm just saying. A little reverse me too action. Fun size candy bars. Canceled. <laughs> candy corn. More like canceled corn. Canceled corn. But I go into full detail on Brandt's podcast when that comes out. Um, but this year. I'm that's, like Tom, that's like Tom Hanks' Saturday Night Live character, except you were dick-ass pumpkins. Canceled. I'm, I'm going to do Halloween this year. Yeah? I'm doing it. On Halloween. And on non-Halloween nights. Canceled. I already explained this to you. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're not canceled. You have issues with it? Yeah, I have major issues with people who dress up. Out. Halloween's one day. Your birthday's one day. St. Patrick's Day is one day. You do it. On, if you're too much of an adult but, to but, fucking but party on. on a Thursday. Hold on a second. Then you're too much of an adult to dress up as fucking Lieutenant Dangle. I'm, I'm doing that on Halloween as well. Okay. Do you have issues with it? Party on Halloween. Halloween is one day. Hold on a second. Hold on a Halloween's second. Halloween's one day. Hold on a second. That is my official Hold on statement. a second. The end. No, 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 no. Also, your... are you going to do multiple costumes? I might. I want your opinion. I already told you this. The mayor has invited me to the James Beach Halloween party, which is Saturday. James Beach should be canceled. The 26th. Canceled. Lance Bass. The 26th. I know. Don't... It's five days from Halloween. Don't... Why does James Beach throw a fucking Christmas party on October 26th? Look, I agree with you, but hold on. You don't agree with me because you're supporting this behavior by going to fucking James Beach. James Beach should have their liquor license revoked for throwing a Halloween party five days before Halloween. Okay. So then Lance Bass is having a Halloween party at his bar. Thank God NSYNC was already canceled. Canceled. But it's October. And his radio show. Canceled. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Too soon for me to hear that. That's October 30th. I'm, yeah. go I'm going to that. Canceled. And then the next day is Halloween. Yeah, here's your one loophole. Go out to Lance's party and stay out the whole fucking time. <laughs> now you're partying just on Halloween. That's right. Now you want to go out on the 26th and keep partying the whole fucking time for Halloween? Now you got a super loophole. Okay. Your only loophole is to go to Lance's and not return home, stay out all night, party in fucking West Hollywood. It turns into the 31st. Etc. Or show up to his party at midnight. Otherwise, you're a fucking douche for Halloween. The showing up at midnight is actually feasible. Okay, Aaron. Aaron's chomping at the bit over here. Oh, because Aaron's a fucking millennial who wears fucking Mickey Mouse ears every goddamn day of the year. I just wanted to say that I agree agree with uh, Ruther on this one. If there's you know if there's a Halloween party, I don't care if it's a few days in advance. I'm going and I'm dressing up. Um, I think in like recent years, I've been a minion. Uh, I was a dentist, and my girlfriend was like a slutty tooth fairy. Last year I was a slutty, slutty tooth, fairy. tooth fairy. Last year I was a uh, Burt Macklin. She like she like she like gets money from under kids' pillows. She takes money out of her g-string and puts it under kids' pillows. Like <laughs> what's a fucking slutty tooth fairy? Yeah, pretty much. So I loved I love the whole yeah Halloween's like 
Halloween is the 31st of October. It is a day. St. Patrick's Day is a day. You go out of, if you're if you're too fucking much of an adult but, to drink on a Wednesday morning at Brennan's on the 17th of March, then you're too old for fucking St. Patrick's Day. But hold on, I don't disagree with you, but but what I'm also saying is if I do Halloween again on three different days including the day then what now now if I did Saturday and then the 30th and then didn't do the 31st I think there's an issue what's the issue if I do the other ones the issue is the people who are throwing events that day are assholes okay look I'm not disagreeing but Joe this is my situation let me just be I already told you your situation skip James Beach go to Lance's party stay out for two days that's your loophole well be, this be a man you're 40. This is my situation, though. My situation is this. I'm a single dude who doesn't drink alcohol. Oh, you know what kind of girls you're going to meet at fucking October 26th at James Beach in costume? They're dressed up five days. They're assholes. <laughs> Let me save you some fucking time. You, you're Now you're dating a fucking idiot. <laughs> She's going to have you fucking decorating the smut shack on November 28th for fucking Christmas. Uh, unreal. All right, let's get through these calls. What's up? This is A. Millie. I'm here, uh, down here in the swamp. You heard me? I'm, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just watching the Saints game today. Went over there, just got back today. But I looked at some, uh, I want to talk about the Jags game. You know, well, what y'all doing with the quarterback situation over there? I feel like you, you got to trade one of them. You got Nick Foles. You just paid him all that money, though, and everything. But you got Gardner Minshew on a uh, rookie deal. And, you know, he, he's he's putting up the numbers at least, you know. I mean, you put you give up 34 points in a game. That's really not on the quarterback. He's not throwing no picks. But who if if I would do something, I'm saying, man, I'm I'm trading I'm trading Foles. If if someone's out there looking for looking for a quarterback, I'm trading Foles. I'm not trading Minshew because I mean, fuck it. Like I mean, you did sign Foles, you're gonna have to eat some dead money. But after this year, you got Minshew for three more years on a on a rookie deal, or I don't I don't know, is it four years? I don't know. I'm kind of talking on my ass, but. I just want to see what y'all had to say about that. You know, condoms are for Jameis Winston burner accounts and uh, anybody who defends him. And uh, he is no longer black Bobby Boucher. That is offensive to Bobby Boucher. I'm out. I think the, I think the Jags have an interesting situation here. I mean, Minshew's obviously played well enough, I'd argue, right, to keep his job. It's tough because... You don't sign Nick Foles for twenty million dollars a year unless you think that you're ready to win now. They are a year removed from an AFC Championship game with Blake Bortles and and a and damn near beating the New England Patriots. Um, at the same time, we've talked about the rookie quarterback deal. Again, I, I agree with A. Millie. You're going to eat some dead money, but you're going to eat it for one season. But really, I think the question is, and and unfortunately, you're not really in a situation where you where there's a ton of people who need a QB. Who is trading for Nick Foles? Who is tra- trading for Gardner Minshew? Chicago Bears are trading for Nick Foles. I don't know. I'm just tossing out a team. Okay, so I'm just tossing out. A okay, team. so if so, he, I guess here would be my answer if you're the Jaguars. The Chicago Bears call, and they want a quarterback. I think the Chicago Bears are going to want Nick Foles, who has playoff experience. That's what I'm saying. Super Bowl. Yeah, and not Gardner Minshew. That's what I'm saying. 
So they're really like I I just don't think the options are like okay, the Bears want Foles. We've got we've got a potential taker. Who wants Minshew? I don't think anybody. That's the point. I think right. they, they keep Minshew. Right, because you have to. They're not trading Minshew. You're not trading Minshew and getting any value for him. No. And then you're left with Nick Foles, who you're paying $20 million. I think your only real option is to trade Foles, not because of how Minshew's playing, but because you know Minshew's going to give you close to what Foles will give you, but Foles will give you way more than Minshew will give you in a trade market. That's, to me, the only answer. Honestly, if you look around the league, I just don't know teams that are like, yeah, we we need a the, – the difference for us here is a veteran quarterback who can play. As opposed to if you're one of these teams, like if you're Miami, are you – is your idea we're going to get Gardner Minshew and this is who we're building around? We don't want Tua and we don't want whatever. We just traded for Rosen. Like you're not trading for Minshew. Who's trading for Minshew? No, I don't think he's saying that. But, but that's my point. If – so – I don't think anybody's saying that. Right. So the question is, who do you keep? Like, who do you start? Is that the question? Yeah. He's basically saying, Foles comes back. I think I think the answer is you try to trade Nick Foles to somebody, and then you're with Minshew. Otherwise, look, they're a fucking coaching staff. You evaluate your quarterbacks. I don't think Minshew's played incredible. Lights out. But I think what you can do is you almost have, like... If the Jags fall any further behind in the AFC South, and they're behind now the Colts and the Texans, and the Titans aren't going to, you know, it's it's going to be a tough division for the Jags to win. You almost maybe got to showcase Foles for trading. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting scenario when he comes back. Okay, let's keep things in the AFC South. Let's get to our call about Jacoby Brissett. Let's get that Josie Brissett call. Okay, Prano. I want you to remain calm and sit through the whole call. I'm fine. What's good? Joe Andy, Trey here, number one Indianapolis dirt baller. Bro, fuck everybody else from this place. The Midwest sucks, so if this call has bad quality, that's why. Uh, listen, I just wanted to call in and uh, talk about something real quick. Call up Mr. Joe Prano. Um, you know, listen, I'm Joe's number one fan. Joe, a bunch of special when it came out. Shit was hilarious, bro. But listen, man, you just can't ever admit when you're wrong about something. So let's talk about this whole Jacoby Brissett thing, right? Because you're trying to, like, dig your way out of it. Like, you didn't say criminated shit, dog. Listen, let's go back. Episode 552, 13 minutes, 50 seconds in, Joe calls Jacoby trash. Okay? I didn't make that up. You can go check the tapes if you want to. 22 minutes in, he says, all of Tom Brady's backups, quote, fucking suck, including Brissett. And then 25 minutes, he says that Jacoby is worse than Fitzpatrick. But in the last episode, Joe was trying to backtrack, trying to say that he never called Jacoby trash, that he just said that you can't win a Super Bowl with Brissett. But apparently you can win a Super Bowl with Fitzpatrick, all right? But that's not my point. Today, Jacoby threw... 26 for 39, 326 yards and four touchdowns, doing Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, and Johnny United as the only three coldest quarterbacks to ever do that. And uh, to me, it doesn't seem like he fucking sucks, like you said, Joe. Um, but you two was trying to deny that. So listen, Joe, three words. That's all I want from you. I was wrong. 
take a take a lesson from Rug, all right? He admits when he's wrong all the time, and I'm sure he'll tell you that it's going to feel really, really good when you admit that you're wrong, all right? All the therapists just want to hear it one time, all right? Just a free magic word, yo. You're going to feel so much better when you say it. All that weight, all that pressure going to be off your shoulders, all right? Just three words. I was wrong. All right, Prano, I'll let you have the floor on this one. Okay, uh, do, do we... I'm trying to figure out if we should go back before I admit that I was wrong. I'm wondering if we should go back to our last call about Nick Foles and uh, Gardner Minshew because, you know, it was just a couple of years ago. Everybody was telling me Nick Foles was garbage. I was saying Nick Foles was garbage. Nick Foles is trash. The Eagles aren't going to win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. The Jags go and give Nick Foles $20 million. But now we have reverse course. Now people are saying, you say, my boy here, my co-host, the Jags should start four game ever played in the NFL, Gardner Minshew over Nick Foles. Correct? You believe that? What I'm saying is... Do you believe Gardner Minshew should start right now over Nick Foles? If Nick Foles came back today? Yes. I don't know if I fully would do that. I don't know. I, because we're, Who should be the starting quarterback of the Jags? Sunday, both players are healthy. It's a good question. I don't know. Okay, you don't know. Nick Foles, in Frank Reich's offense in Philadelphia, put up numbers that piss on Josie Brissett. Super Bowl MVP. More yards in the Super Bowl than Jacoby Brissett has had in any game that he's ever played in the NFL. So suddenly, we are crowning... Jacoby Brissett in week eight when just two years ago everybody said Nick Foles was trash. Then we were we were you and I here reversed courses and said that they should keep Foles over Wentz. And now we have reversed courses again and we are and people are saying that Gardner Minshew should start over Nick Foles. It's almost like this doesn't have anything to do with the player. I was wrong. I was wrong that Josie Brissett couldn't be a competent quarterback behind the best offensive line in football with a great running game, a fantastic defense, Frank Reich who turned Nick Foles into a Super Bowl MVP. I was wrong that Jacoby Brissett wasn't going to win five games. I was wrong. That Jacoby Brissett couldn't seem competent when the fucking entire team that he had that was a Super Bowl contender with Andrew Luck, he couldn't have beat a fucking Chiefs team with a hobbled Pat Mahomes. I was... Also, I was right that the Colts aren't winning a fucking Super Bowl this year with Jacoby Brissett, and I was right that the fucking Colts right now, today, should trade for Eli Manning. I 100% disagree. Okay. And you can disagree, disagree all you want. That, that, that is – no, Joe. What he wants you to say is – I was wrong. You said he's that trash. That Jacoby Brissett he's not is trash. trash. He's not trash. Right. And okay. I was wrong that Nick Foles was trash. But hold on a second. And now everybody's back on the Nick Foles should not play behind some fucking guy who's – what has Gardner Minshew done besides fucking wear jorts? He's a fucking costume. Hold He's on. a Halloween this, costume. This isn't about Gardner Minshew. This is about this is about what I wanted to bring about what you just said. 
You think, you honestly think, th- this is nuts to me, you honestly think Eli Manning gives them a better chance to win a Super Bowl right now. You're out of your mind. Okay. Based on what? What he did in 2007 and 2011? Based on his ability as a quarterback in the NFL. Dude, Brissett's playing well. You're not giving him any credit. You're you're giving it all to the O-line, all to the running game, all to Frank Reich, who are obviously factors in how well he's playing. But the guy, he's playing well. But now, but now you're doing exactly what we everybody does for Tom Brady. So Tom Brady's the goat. He's the goat, and it's not a question because teams win, and that's it. Whoever's a quarterback, a winning team is the best team, and they're the best quarterback. Tom Brady might be the goat. I like. I don't know. I don't know where I stand. Why on that is still. Jacoby Brissett so good now and so trash two years ago? He's too different. He learned to play football in two years. Obviously, his team's better, but you can improve as a player. Sure. That is possible. You can improve. You usually improve by playing on the field, which he did not in that time. I think I, I think the claim that they have a better chance of winning a Super Bowl with Eli, I would just 100% disagree okay. with Okay, and I have said before, and I will say again, unless you have the dominant defense or a freak situation that your quarterback is going to need to be a game manager first, which... Josie has proven he can. And then, at some point in four games, you're going to have to be exceptional. Frank Reich is a great coach. Frank Reich fucking coached circles last week around Bill O'Brien. And maybe Frank Reich will do that four times without a bye in the playoffs. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll have a bye and he'll do it three times. When I watched that Kansas City Chiefs game and Frank Reich down the stretch said, I will run the ball 10 times for every time I let Josie Brissett throw it. To me, he said, game in my quarterback's hands, don't love it. He also said, I want to win the game from a strategy. They have a great running game. They have a defense. He's trying to win the game. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I was wrong that Jacoby Brissett can't win six games. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, man. I love the Jacoby Brissett story. I love that we all thought he was going to be trash, and he's playing well, and Andrew Luck suddenly retires. I think it's a great story for the NFL. And it's a great story. It's a great story. And again, we did it last week. And this guy, the dirt baller from Indianapolis, didn't bring up the fact that we just had this conversation. Everybody, every single NFL analyst is saying the 49ers have a fucking fantastic young coach and their defense is incredible and their running game is nuts and they just signed up, they just traded for a wide receiver. The question mark, though, is. Jimmy Garoppolo's only started 16 games in the NFL, and they're undefeated. They're undefeated. Undefeated. But can Tom Brady's backup, who's putting up the exact same stats as Josie Brissett, get it done? But I've never said that. Everybody said that. Everybody. But I don't care about everybody. So 
You love the Jimmy Garoppolo story, correct? Back up from Tom Brady goes to man. I, 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 just, I just love what he's doing. You've heard what I've said this year about I love watching the 49ers play. Yeah. They're the best team in the NFC West right now. Are the 49ers Super Bowl favorites out of the NFC? They're undefeated. I'd put them up there. I'd put them up there with the Packers and the Saints okay. right now. Okay. Those are my three teams. Now, if you looked at those three teams, I'm, I, I want you to rank them. Rank your Super Bowl favorites from those three teams. Rank them in order, however you like. Drew Brees isn't coming back. Now rank them. Well, that's that oh, suddenly the quarterback situation is very important to a team. Okay, so rank them with Brees. Saints are one. I put Saints and Packers both at one. Okay, like one and one. Now the 49ers are undefeated. Yeah. What is the? Do you think that the Packers and the Saints defense is better than the Niners? I, I think the defenses are all comparable. Obviously, it's the quarterback situation. Okay. So you're worried about the quarterback situation. Not worried. I think they have a better quarterback. Right. I know they have a better quarterback. We but all. You're know. not worried about it in the AFC. You don't have the Patriots above the Colts, and you don't have the. I do. The Chiefs above the Colts. I do. So what is? What, do you think the Chiefs' defense is better than the Colts? No, but I think, do you think the Patriots' running game is better than the Colts. Or the Patriots' defense is better than the Colts. Patriots yeah. defense is probably a little bit better. Patriots defense is arguably the best right now in the NFL. But my point is this. I'm not ruling out the Colts. Just like I'm not ruling out the Texans. Like The, the Patriots are 7-0. They've also played nobody. Mm -hmm. I, love, I love what the Patriots are doing, especially defensively. But if you're ranking them, you have them higher than the Colts. Yes. And the Chiefs. Yes. Okay. Chiefs with Matt Moore? No. No. So you're saying... A big question mark in a team with an, an awesome running game and a great defense. We could be talking about the Niners. We could be talking about the Colts. Is that their quarterback is Tom Brady's backup who has not a ton of NFL experience and hasn't shown out? I think for both the, the Colts and the 49ers, we don't know. We haven't seen Jimmy G. Okay, so everybody. In the, we haven't seen him in the playoffs. So dirt ballers from Indianapolis, now 3 one What's our phone number? 310-359-8365. Make sure to call Andy Ruther and and yell at him for not knowing that Jacoby Brissett is better than fucking Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees. But I don't think that's his point of his call, Joe. His point was just that, that you were saying how trash Jacoby was. I mean, obviously, he pulled the tape. He did his research. Yeah. He did his homework. Yeah. Guess what? And you were wrong, and so was I. We were both wrong. Guess what? Jacoby Brissett was trash. The facts are the facts. And you could fucking sit here all day and shit on Ryan Fitzpatrick. Let's see if Josie Brissett's starting in the NFL 12 years from now. A deep dive. Let's see if he's starting in the NFL. 12. Hey, you got to fucking compare him to Ryan fucking Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick has never been on a team as good as this. Jacoby Brissett team. Ever. Won 10 games with the Jets. I don't know about that. I'd have to look into it. Okay. What, 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 what Bengals, Bills... Bucks. Well, he, he look again. He was on that Bengals team that the next year won the division, went undefeated in the division. Same team with Carson Palmer, same weapons. Hoosh, 
Ocho Cinco. I mean, they had some playmakers, but anyway, look, let's let's end the call. Let's end today's show on a little lighter note. I want to end today's. By the sh- way, I just want all Jacoby Brissett defenders, the dirt baller, the tug coker, everybody, just make sure, just make sure to get your I was wrongs ready when he doesn't go four straight games in the playoffs to win the Super Bowl. Just make sure you get those ready. But that, but again, to be fair to the caller, I don't think that his call wasn't about that. It was about just okay. admitting that you were wrong about him being trash. Okay. And my call to you guys <laughs> is your apologies. It's a Super Bowl or bus league. If your fucking cool thing is, I want my quarterback to be able to step in for Andrew Luck and not be as good as him, but also still be a competent quarterback, then fucking congratulations. My idea. Maybe, may, hey, maybe it's just that my team's won fucking four Super Bowls. Maybe it's that every team in the NFL sells out pretty much every game. Maybe it's that it's a fucking Super Bowl or bus league. But sorry for thinking Jacoby Brissett and running the ball a fucking 70 times a game ain't doing it four games in a row. Also, make sure you get your fucking Nick Foles, Gordon... Gordon Minshew, fucking Gardner Minshew, Jimmy Garoppolo calls in. 310-359-8365. Okay, let's end the show on a lighter note. It's a voicemail from my dad that I just had to play. He didn't really leave a voicemail. Not on the Dirty Sports Hotline. That would have been amazing. This is on my phone. It's only 14 seconds long. Uh, Walt left this voicemail, and I just I have to play it because I was like, Prano's going to die when he hears this. So will the dirt balls. Oh, hi, Andy. It's Scott uh, Walton. Hold on. Hold Your on. dad, Bill Walton? Yeah, I know. Walt? Bill Walton? God damn Walton? it. It was, it was too high. I didn't know. Um, let me... Uh, it's in your iTunes? What the fuck is happening? Well, I had to I had to move it to my... Uh... Oh, here it is. Oh, hi, Andy. It's Scott uh, Walton. Dad, return your call. Over and out. Hi, Andy. It's Walt. Dad, returning your call over and out. Is that not the most classic Walt Ruther voicemail? He didn't actually leave a voicemail. He left an introduction and an outro. (laughs) A long time ago, in a land far, far away, the end. (laughs) I love it. I love it, too. Hi, Andy. It's Dad. No shit, Dad. Well, first it starts with Walt. Yeah. Which At first I was like, are you not really Walt's son? Is he fucking referring to himself? I mean, this is unbelievable. I mean, like, what what is he doing here? He sounds flustered. Oh, hi, Andy. It's uh, Walt. Dad, return your call. Over and out. Unbelievable. Walt, absolutely hilarious. What's up, Aaron? No, I feel like he basically sent you like a voicemail, like telegraph. He just went like over and out, stop, and that's it. Like he didn't realize the voicemail was gonna last over thirty seconds. Just kept to, it to a minimum. I don't think he know. I mean, the fact that he's again saying his, he's so confused. There's there's so much going on there. I mean, he still texts me. Andy, signs it off, Dad. Like he's writing an email. Like, dude, you know how technology works? 
Shout out to Walt Ruther. Guys, that's the show. Joe Prano, it's good to have you back. Good to have that energy back in the Smut Studio. Where can people debate Jacoby Brissett with you? Uh, I don't know. I guess they can meet me uh, outside Savage Town February 6th or something like that. We could knife fight if Jacoby Brissett is the fucking Super Bowl MVP. Um, follow me on Instagram, at Joe Prano. Follow me on Twitter, at Fix Your Life. Show's coming up. Uh, great show next week here in Los Angeles. I'm doing Dynasty Typewriter for the first time. Uh, it is an album recording. Not my album recording. A compilation album. Almost like the Now We're Talking 47 of comedy. Uh, so come to that. If you're in Tahoe, I'll be there the week before Thanksgiving. If you are in the tri-state area or, or within driving distance or flying distance of the tri-state area. I'm doing everybody's favorite holiday of the year, the night before Thanksgiving, the number one party day of the year. I'll be headlining Lucy's Laugh, Laugh Lounge in Pleasantville, which is in Westchester, where I'm from, 914 Life. Um, come see that. Headlining gig. Get your tickets. Limited edition tickets. Seriously, I know this is something people say, but if you actually are somebody that would come to that, Get your tickets. It is pretty. It is a pretty small, intimate, pre-Thanksgiving show party. Uh, and uh, follow me on my website, JoePrano.com, for more upcoming shows. I have dates there and other places that you can check out. All right, Twitter, Instagram. Follow us at The Dirty Sports. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Andy Ruther. And as always, if you leave an iTunes review, I will send you some koozies. Just leave your Twitter or Instagram handle in that review. Okay. You guys can follow Aaron, I believe, at DS Interns on Twitter and at Aaron Moharis on Twitter and Instagram. All right, Dirtballs, that is the show. Enjoy your holiday weekend. <laughs> I had to, Prano. Enjoy your guys' weekend. Have a great week, and most importantly, stay dirty.